Welcome back, everyone, to There's Always Another Podcast, a Brandon Sanderson reading and rereading podcast. As usual, I am Justin, and I am joined by... Beth! This is Sam! <laughs> and I'm feeling just a little overwhelmed by life ri- life's rich pageant recently, but aside from that, I'm doing well. I'm Caleb! Hi, Caleb. Wait, hang on, do we need to pause and <laughs> talk about a few things? Yeah, we need to talk about a few things, including this cool book we're reading. Yeah. Hey. There we go. Fiction as therapy. <laughs> as it's... as usual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are now a uh, a decent chunk into part two, and so we're now kind of, you know, fully. I, th- I think last episode we said we were kind of fully in the swing of things, but now we've had a full episode and another of that so starting to to get somewhere yeah. we continue to be in the swing of things yeah we, we <laughs> haven't stopped being in the swing of things it's a very slow swing but we're in it right now it is yeah <laughs> and and this is like on a reread well of ascension can sometimes drag a bit like i think if anyone criticizes it for anything it's that it is you know on a reread you're like can we can we go a little bit faster? But I do like what's what's happening here. And as a first time reader, that's not that's not too much of a problem on my end. I, it's I, I feel like it's progressing at a pretty good pace right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Very cool. Yeah this uh, this week's episode is chapters 16 through 19, uh, which takes us about halfway through part two. That's where we are, and uh, I think we can go ahead and just get right into that. Let us dive. All right. Uh, Starting off with an epigraph, as usual, we left off in our last section with Quan talking about how Elendi had started to kind of buy into his own hype. And he expands on this here in that uh, once once this process started, it was out of Quan's control. Elendi was kind of self proclaiming as the hero of ages. And uh what that all led to this seems messier than he's presenting it though because if i remember correctly from the logbook, uh alendi did not see it exactly the same way no <laughs> something that was foisted upon him by kwan yeah and we've seen this going both ways in some of our other epigraphs where kwan and alendi seem to read into each other's uh, motives in ways that aren't quite right yeah. Except Alendi does want to kill Quan, though, to be clear. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they agreed on that. <laughs> yes. Perhaps the, the magnitude of it was a little different between the two. Yeah, because but... Alendi was just like, yeah, if I see him again, I'll probably kill I him. I should kill and, him, maybe. And Quan's like, they're coming for me, man. They're going to get me. He's after me. It's going to happen. <laughs> I'll get around to it, I'm sure. It's on my list. I definitely won't get backstabbed before then. Exactly. Those differing perspectives really makes you wonder what the actual motivation here is. Like, is he sort of self-aggrandizing because that feels hype? Is he doing it out of a sense of responsibility? Does he not realize he's doing it? He's just that charismatic and tall. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's a tall. tall man. He is very tall. It means you must respect. Exactly. As previously established. Um, to, to go back on something I just said, uh, the main plot of the book, I don't think is dragging all that much. I will say, Quan, Quan seems to be talking to in point. circles a little bit here. <laughs> I feel like 
we've gotten three uh, epigraphs in a row of him going, well, I, I, I hyped him up originally, but now I don't. And now I'm upset about it. And he just, he just keeps saying that over and over. I'm trying to remember now if it's in-universe or if it's a thing that Brandon said, but I distinctly remember somebody calling Quan out as being very wordy. So you are you are not alone in that evaluation there. And it's particularly egregious when you remember he is in fact pounding this into a metal slab. Right. Right. I like to think this is actually his way of editing of like, well, I don't want to scratch it out because I put too much work into it, but I didn't quite get my point across in the last sentence. So I'm just going to write another sentence yeah, that says the I same guess. thing. And well, that, so that'll yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you do if you make a mistake? It's too late. Keep going. <laughs> I remember watching a video of a someone who worked as a sheet music engraver. So they they did like printing plates used to print sheet music and just did it by hand, like it, like engraving into a, a piece of metal. And they had like punches for the, the notes and all that. But a lot of it was just kind of freehand design. Uh, and it was this they were interviewing this like 70 year old German guy who has been doing this for all his life. Uh, and they asked him what he has to do if he makes a mistake. And he just said, I, I don't make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, you take the Lord ruler approach, which is you make a mistake, you look at the mistake and then you go, I've never made a mistake. And then you just move on. <laughs> I did not yeah. make a mistake. I have never made a mistake. <laughs> he says, standing in the same room as a mistake. Yeah, he says looking at the corpse of a mistake. Exactly. All right, well, we will see if Quan makes any progress in our, our other three epigraphs. <laughs> but he won't make any mistakes. No. He's certainly not. So coming back to the, the story proper, uh, we are back with Vin uh, as our, our last leaving off point was with Sazed. Uh, we're back in Luthadel with Vin uh, and she is doing things her way as we have come to expect. Uh, she's a little uncomfortable with her room because it's it's big and fancy and that still kind of weirds her out. Uh, she also points out that there's not a uh, a lot of use for it because she's either with Ellen or out patrolling like 90% of the time. Uh, but what she's currently done is turned it into a massive mess so that she can do some scholarship her way. I gotta say, uh, on this podcast, I have talked for hours about my college career, and I never mm -hmm. talk about it outside this podcast. I don't know what it is, but I've literally done what she's doing here. Not on the floor, but, you know, to take Just find pages. the biggest surface you can so that you can physically lay all of these different things out. Exact and like uh, put them, you know, portrait for one theme and then landscape for the other and then alternate like that, and it kind of works. So I, yeah. I, I was reading it and I was like, all right, okay, then, scholarship. <laughs> okay, girl. I do like the note that uh, she has in fact just taken this book apart, so that she can put <laughs> all the pages in different places where she wants. I yeah, I, that's that's one of my favorite details of just, she doesn't like books but she can handle reading as long as she can rip it up and put the pages yeah. where she wants them to be. <laughs> and then I also like the image of 
Orser, who is just sitting there being a dog. And then yeah. and then he's, he's like, you've been doing this for two hours. What is going on? And uh, he, he says he, he doesn't care, but he is bored. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and for the third time in my notes, I have written the words Orsor and Saucy next to them, next to each other. <laughs> For the third time in my notes so far. Yeah, for for someone who is... I feel like this is a theme with people that Vin works with. Uh, between Sazed being a, a bit of a smart mouth for a, for a Terra steward and Orser being bound by some form of, of all-serving contract and yet snarking at her as much as possible. It's, a, it's, an, interesting, it's an interesting relationship there. And as I wrote in my notes, just because Vin doesn't respect him and forced him to be a dog doesn't mean he has to be a dick all the time. <laughs> like... To which my response is, Vin doesn't respect him and forced him to be a dog. He can be a dick as much as he wants. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new Ellen versus Spook. For... Yeah, this... <laughs> <laughs> we had to find a new one for mm-hmm. season two. So, yeah, Vin is Vin is trying to puzzle over uh, the... Uh, Alendi's journal which I think this is probably the first time that she's gone back to it since realizing that the Lord Ruler was not Alendi and so is trying to get some new context from that particularly on the uh, the mist spirit that she seems to now be seeing the spooky ghosty man <laughs> who defenestrated her yeah I mean, she kind of defenestrated herself, but yeah. the Mist Ghost helped. <laughs> a mutual defenestration. Well, no, that would imply that the ghost also fell. Maybe it did. It's a ghost. I don't know. An agreed upon defenestration. Mutually assured Yeah, there you go. I think mutual, mutual defenestration is my new album name. <laughs> I That's really like that we go sure. back to the... Uh... <laughs> That we go back oh, yeah. to the logbook here, um, just because it proves that it was like you know we got new epigraphs, we got new new mysteries to puzzle out of what on earth Quan is talking about, but it doesn't mean that we can just leave Alendi's logbook in the last book. Like it is still relevant; it still has mysteries that we need to solve, and perhaps new context will help us solve it. And at the very least, it gives us, it gives me the fundamental image of Vin just surrounded by piles of paper while a dog looks at her judgmentally. Mm-hmm. As someone who owns a very judgmental looking dog, it happens. <laughs> yeah, and, and she says uh, here on 184, 185 that the logbook had been kind of confusing at some point as as they were trying to interpret it a year ago or whenever that was. But now there is is maybe some more context. Yeah, there was some shot calling going on. We were all debating what it would mean for the first book, but turns out it's all about the second book. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say that was so combative for no reason. <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> Tell us your Brandon. secrets. So we, we do have, like Sam mentioned, the... Uh, the attempted information organization here that that Vin is doing. She's separated out uh, supernatural things, uh, the mist spirit in particular, uh, the deepness, which she notes is the largest pile, but also the least informative. 
deepness gets mentioned all the time, but there's very little actual information about it. I kind of get that. I mean, if you're writing for a contemporary audience, everybody would be like, oh, you mean the horrible thing that everybody knows about. Right. <laughs> no need to describe it. Right. Yes, we are living with it pervasively in our lives. <laughs> I really do like how um, she's she's got the power for the deepness, so her thoughts are on the deepness here. Um my wonder that I wrote here, I don't know if it's answered later on, um, are Sazed's thoughts also on the deepness, or is it just Vin at this point? Mm. Mm-hmm. Because Sazed is the other... Busy. Yeah. He, he's the other piece of the puzzle, the other half of the mystery being unraveled here. The mystery. Ha-ha! Mm-hmm. There you go. There you Jokes go. that work in spelling. Can't believe we haven't made that joke yet. <laughs> We have, like, six or seven times um, breezed past something. <laughs> that does remind me of my favorite uh, bit uh, from The Final Empire, which is when uh, Lord Ruler says, I have never made a mistake. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and the Inquisitors all applaud. <laughs> Out of, because they have to. They, right. They yeah. only kill that they do not applaud. I've never made a mistake. Wink. And everybody, he he says wink to be clear. He said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Inquisitors couldn't wink, so maybe he's just he wants to spell oh, yeah, it out that's for true. them. Well, this is clearly the worst part about being an Inquisitor is that you can't make meaningful eye gestures. <laughs> what a world! So Vin does narrow in on a particular section that has the the kind of most detail about the Mist Spirit. And not only is there detail about the mist spirit, but there's the point where Elendi explicitly decides this is a real thing. I'm going to trust what I see and that I am not actually going crazy. Uh, and Vin says that she kind of has to make the same decision here a thousand years later. So we will hope that our heroine is not, in fact, going mad. <laughs> we'll get to that sort of business later <laughs> with the... Uh... <laughs> Our, our good old friend Zane. Oh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. Uh, going on from here, we return again to the wall top. This is a, a frequent location with its Merlins. Oh, the Merlins. Aha. The crenellations. Don't forget the crenels, yeah. Uh, and so we see uh, that straff and the venture camp are uh, working to the north and holding a uh, a canal that leads to urto which is their home uh, and that the set forces are holding the west uh, and a different canal uh, that leads to haverfrex where uh, set rules uh, there's also an interesting note here that in haverfrex there's a cannery which is an interesting little anachronism. Yeah. It's 50-year-old tech and talks about how scholars have debated how very useful stuffing things in small metal cylinders will be in the future. The future is now. <laughs> but what can you stuff in a small metal cylinder? Turns out, food. To be fair... If we go by Sam rules, we don't actually know if cans exist. Just because there's a cannery doesn't mean there are any cans. Uh, Hypothetical cans. Hypothetical. We don't. We haven't seen the cans. 
True. <laughs> I, I don't believe they exist until Set like walks up to the battlefield and uses a can opener. It just takes a big a old bite of beans. Eating a can of beans on the battlefield, yeah. I I appreciate your commitment to this kind of logic. <laughs> you are doubling down. At this point, I think we're on like quadrupling down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I think Brandon mentions it in the annotations for this. I should look it up. But there are some interesting kind of consequences to the tech level of Skadriel because the Lord Ruler has been in charge for a thousand years and expected to be in charge forever and so really didn't care about like technological development uh, and so there's there's bits and pieces of this that that crop up but if you do look at like how long humans have existed on this planet and the resources that they have access to like you'd expect them to have cans by now and lots of other things but they don't for the most part so there there's some some fun little bits that, that poke up here and there. But what the, the crew here, uh, Ellen and Clubs in particular, are noting is that this is now a siege. And the, uh, the, the set and venture armies have explicitly laid in to prevent supplies from coming in, and they're just going to try to starve Luthadel out. And at the very least, that gives uh, Ellen and Luthadel some time but it's not a good situation to be in. Ugh. There is also a moment during this conversation where Ellen thinks back to the words that Tindwell said of, you are a fool, Ellen Venture. And while I'm totally on board with Ellen's getting bullied, uh, that's not really what was said. She said, your people think you are a fool. Um, so this is really just Ellen projecting onto himself mm. here with this memory. Um just, just wanted to say that I, I don't want Tindwell's words to be taken out of context. I, I will stand by and make sure everyone knows what went down. Reading this passage right at right, uh, you know, we're rereading it now um, mm -hmm. after what happens later on in the chapter, and just reading like Ellen's little. I want to be good at this clubs. It it seems like something that that the the main character would say in the rain, it uh, on like. Um, a street corner, it's a circling a, a, a traffic light, and punching a sign in anger. I want to be good at this clubs. Nobody else is going to look after the ska like they deserve. It's very specific. It, it, it sure is. But also, I agree, I think. It's another technological anachronism. They do have traffic yes. lights in Luthadel for the <laughs> horses just and one. carriages. <laughs> J just one so that you can dramatically stand next to it. Yeah, yeah, Ellen does not have an umbrella. Clubs does, and then uh, Clubs goes. The man is usually made by the situation, and then he just walks off without saying goodbye. And then Ellen is left in the rain. That's when the scene ends. What Clubs does say here, when Ellen just outright asks him, "Am I a good king?" is, "I've known worse, but I've also known a hell of a lot better." Which I think is kind of what Ellen expected the answer to be. So we'll see if if things can be improved from there. Let's go wicked in this shit. What? I don't know. You know, the part where the there's the witch and they make the witch look good. And then she gets mad because they didn't really care about her in the first place or something. I hate wicked. Anyway. But didn't you didn't you just see this show? <laughs> I did just see Wicked, and um that is exactly what happens actually. You got it word for word. 
that's not what happens, Glinda's like, we're friends now, so I'm gonna make you popular. Here, I'll take your hair out of its braid and put one flower in your hair and stand very close to you while I tell you you're beautiful, and then you're gonna run away because of um, insecurities. So but I have the rest of the song to sing. that I haven't seen Wicked. <laughs> it's in town, you should go see it. Yeah, I know. Let me just tell you, that play made my life a living hell in uh, in middle school when it Here was we go. really we're back popular. in middle school. It's, it's always middle, back school. In middle school. It's always middle school. <laughs> middle school sucks. What did Wicked do to you? Cause see, I wasn't I wasn't the most popular person, but all the all the fucking weirdos watched Wicked and they were like, We're gonna we're gonna take this wallflower and make him something special and then they like gave up at like after I was like, What are you doing? I don't want this <laughs> Oh, they tried to pop to 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 popularize you. They sure did. It was very uncomfortable and horrible. Yeah, that's bad, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, middle school sucks. Middle school let's, sucks. Uh, let's just skip it. Or like at the end of middle at graduation of middle school, everybody gets to take a pill where they forget everything that happened <laughs> in middle school except for the scholastic <laughs> things. Here. <laughs> now you can forget all your cringe. You make you make that pill. You're gonna make billions. I, <laughs> let us eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, <laughs> all middle schoolers. Also, speaking of, uh, I mean, we we actually cut to that scene next, where Tindwell <laughs> is. Uh, oh yeah, she's giving Helen to makeover. <laughs> yeah, is starting with the clothes. Clothes make the man, and they do. Yeah. So, uh, her yeah her first project is to. Uh, change what he looks like to the people uh and there's also some uh, what i think is a, a fun back and forth where uh, ellen is trying to debate and argue uh, and and she says don't argue with me and and he is thinking now wait a second you you said that i need to be more assertive uh and she says yes you shouldn't argue with me you should command you you're the king so so act like it uh, but what uh, what she's setting him up, him up with is a military uniform, because as as she points out, this is a he he's the leader of the city in a military operation, and people should see him like that. What do we have from the Sam notes? <laughs> <laughs> I like this description. Tindwell is again saying Ellen is a fuckboy wearing fuckboy clothes. Need to make him wear not fuckboy clothes. <laughs> Just like a general, not your dandy fop self. You'll be popular. So, yeah, they uh, step one of of Ellen makeover is complete. Uh, step two is is going to be a haircut, and a a lesson has been learned because there's a bit of back and forth, and then Ellen just says, "You are not cutting my hair," and she says, "Excellent," and they don't cut the hair until, until. ten seconds later. <laughs> yeah, and and then. He looks at it and realizes that he is not exactly fitting together and says, okay, yeah, you can you can do the thing. <laughs> do the thing. Cut it. And then he wears a crown, which is another kind of point of contention where uh, he, you know, he says the Lord Ruler never wore a crown. And, and she says the Lord Ruler didn't need a crown to demonstrate that he was in charge because he was divine essentially yeah he he was god but after the uh after the the first kind of lesson here ellen is is appreciative of what they've begun uh, 
Uh, and Tindwell once more has to kind of bring him down to earth and say, this will help deceive the people at least for a little bit while you actually get your shit together. <laughs> I love that this is a recurring theme in their relationship is Tindwell is like, completely throws him off balance. He's like, okay, I get it now. I've learned the lesson. I found my footing, right? And she's just like, fuck no. No. <laughs> You're still no, wrong. You've, you've done thing one out of 87. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. Fake it until you make it. Hey, and she doesn't say by the Lord Ruler. She says by the Forgotten Gods. Mm-hmm. We're getting somewhere. Well, actually, she probably never did because she's from Terrace. I don't know. Yeah. People still say that in this in this book. Our heroes. Still yeah. say by the Lord Ruler. Yeah, who we'll they see killed? How long that actually take that actually takes yeah. to uh, to crack that habit. She also mentions giving him self defense lessons, which thank God, mm-hmm. God bless you, just Tindwell. Get there. Oh my God. She also says that no, he's not going to be training with with Ham and Vin, because then everyone would just see him losing over and over again. He's going to go get a <laughs> dueling instructor, and they're going to have private lessons until he's not incompetent. <laughs> yeah, it's a good move. We also, we, it's a little little bit back, but there is a moment where Ellen is like, well, she used Farukami, so she can't be a Kandra. I just, let me be clear, I trust Tindwell with my life, but I do want to point out, technically, Orasaur didn't say anything about Farukami. It's just that Kandra can't use Alamancy. That is true. It's probably likely that Kendra also can't use Farukabi, but they don't actually have that, like, solidly locked down on proof that she's not. Um, so all I'm saying is uh, Ellen is right to find Tindril trustworthy, but for the wrong reasons. So if you do have a big list of, of all the possible suspects, Tindril maybe gets, like, uh, like a question mark and an X or something like that? It's It's very <laughs> not likely because she didn't, really show up until right before That's also the true. thing so like there would the candor would be taking a really weird strategy if if that's what was happening um so yeah i don't think it's her i'm just saying technically we don't know for sure that they can't use Verukami. we will definitely be checking in on that list of of potential uh Kandra from time to time but there's no time now we had to have a makeover <laughs> exactly and uh, at the conclusion of this, uh, Captain Demo arrives and is briefly stunned into silence by this person who has apparently replaced Ellen, but not in a Conjure way, just in a <laughs> non-fuckboy way. It, he calls him Your Majesty like five times. He does. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Demo is always one of the more respectful ones, but that is funny how heavily that was hit. Mm-hmm. But Ellen learns that Finn is in her quarters, and he too is confused by this concept. He's like, what's she doing there? <laughs> she's, she's sick. <laughs> Wait, I want to see how it's phrased. Hang on. Oh, yeah. Her quarters, she never stays there. She's sick? Third sentence. Yeah. She's sick. <laughs> so, as chapter 16 wraps up, uh, I, I do like this exchange where uh, he gives a, a frustrated or sarcastic or something. He gives a look to Tindwell and, and she says, yeah, yes, just like that. That's a good look <laughs> for a king. Uh, and, the, and then he says, what is, is that all it is? You know, dressing fancy and giving the right look. Uh, and she says, of course not. And then, and then he asks outright, uh, what does make a man a good king? Uh, and she says that a good king is one who is trusted by his people and one who deserves that trust. And despite the, 
somewhat combative working relationship that these two have uh this is this is a moment where Elland and his his scholarship and research on leaders and Tyndall's extensive uh knowledge of leaders of the past there's a, there's a meeting of the minds here of Ellen saying okay if that's what you want me to be then then that's okay let's do that it's a damn good answer i'm it with is. it uh, we stay right here in chapter 17 uh, with a quick epigraph quan uh, kind of lamenting the fact that the the terrorist religion and the prophecies therein actually did spread beyond his home and so people actually started to believe in it all and if that hadn't happened then maybe alendi would not have been able to drive such a a, a passionate group and it's all because people believe in the antissa Patient. I can make that pause as long or short as I want. That's half the episode right there. Yeah. But I think I might actually keep it exactly as long as it was. And you'll never know, listener, if that is how long it was. I was waiting for somebody to interrupt me. You guys were just waiting for me. Well, we yes. all know the gimmick. I've seen Rocky Horror. I'm waiting. But yes, this is the the capital A anticipation that apparently is part of these these terrorist prophecies. Ooh, and Sazed is going to be very excited about this. Learned about that you terrorist Lord, religion. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was that was something that he pointed out was kind of distinctly missing. So we return to uh, Vin attempting some scholarship. Uh, and the the organization has started to break down slightly. There's uh there, there's there's more piles there's more there's more everything going everywhere and vin realizes she needs to take notes i do like the the recurring themes of vin begrudgingly doing a scholarship <laughs> she she hates taking notes and then the funniest thing is she then proceeds to also get annoyed when she is interrupted from said notes oh yeah <laughs> uh we get more uh a plus or sir snark here where, where he says, you, you just left the writing desk to sit on the floor and write. And? Yeah. I, I, I love his comment, though, of, if the papers prove too heavy, you could burn some pewter. Like, this guy. The sauce. So much sauce. So, yeah, she just starts taking her notes, and then Ellen arrives, and she is annoyed at being interrupted. But it's Ellen, so... But it's a completely new Elland. Uh, there is, if I can interject with a story briefly, um, there is one point that um, my brother, who had long hair for most of high school, um, got a haircut, got cut really short, um, and went upstairs before my dog knew that he was home. And then so when he came downstairs, my dog just started barking at him because <laughs> it was like, you, you look like brother... And you're coming from brother's room, but you're not brother. But the hair is not correct. Not <laughs> you are an intruder. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> Dogs are great. But yeah, Vin is is stunned into silence. Uh, and brief 
paranoid attacking because it's Vin by the appearance <laughs> of the the new Ellen, but her her judgment is is good. That uh, with the the very practical note that uh, the short hair means that there's less to grab on in a fight, but also you know she likes it. There's a a, a mutual surprise here though as. Ellen slowly realizes that Vin was doing research, which she's embarrassed by, which is funny. I love this. Like, you see Ellen trying hard to sort of move beyond just this, like, foppish nerd boy. Mm-hmm. He's he's in this new outfit. He looks completely different. And the second he sees piles of research, he's just like, ooh! Uh-huh. And also, there's a bit of, you know... Vin is doing this too. Now we can we could research together. <laughs> Your penmanship is beautiful. So they uh, they do leave from there. Vin and Ellen and Orser being a good boy and coming with, uh, because a messenger has arrived, and very rapidly we learn some things. Uh, because it was him, him, fact, yeah. The the messenger <laughs> is the uh, the watcher. Vin has been sparring with these past nights and uh, she points out to Ellen that he is a Mistborn and that uh, we get a name Zane so we can actually now use that name yeah I I do I am so curious if we will get the rule of three of how many scenes can we fit into this book where a character goes oh my god Ellen's about to be killed well He'd probably already be dead if this person actually wanted yeah. to kill him. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Zane, the Watcher, uh, comes from the uh, the camp of Straff Venture, as we learn, and that uh, they exchange some words. They exchange some words, and Ellen says that he would like to uh, negotiate with his father uh, some bold diplomatic lies with he has long regretted your falling out which i don't think stravventure <laughs> has regretted for even five minutes then some nice dramatic irony you are after all his only son wink mm-hmm. yeah and then he says wink wink he the camera and says wink <laughs> and so i guess like, just what? nobody in this, this world can actually wink they just say it instead <laughs> no one knows what winks mean but the lord ruler this is the question here that, that Sam has posed. What is Zane's game? What is it? <laughs> I sure don't know. We shall You're find out. start editing in Discord notifications for when we all just stop to read Sam's notes. <laughs> I totally could do that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Weaponized italicism. <laughs> What's Ta- italicization. Game, huh? What is it? <laughs> yeah it's um it's weird vibes yeah <laughs> it's like he's here as an ambassador yes i'm negotiating and then he just like stares at vin for a while it's like you're beautiful and everyone's just like well hang on a second yeah wait, there's what? just silence before ellen is like um i'll go Anyways. talk to my father <laughs> yeah i was really interested in the watcher for his first couple of appearances and i will be very honest um rarely does a character lose as much goodwill as zane does in his next couple of appearances here God. 
there's one <laughs> detail about his character we'll get to that I do think is really cool. But aside from that, it's it, there's there's a lot happening with Zane and none of it's good. It's he's just yeah. Uh, I'm Zane. I listen to Crawling in My Skin, and my favorite movies are Fight Club and American Psycho. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not wrong in any of that. I think in um, one of the early sparring matches with the Watcher that we recapped, you you mentioned in an episode offhandedly, like, yeah, I, I like his vibes. And in my brain, I was just like, oh, that ain't gonna last. <laughs> I, liked, I liked his vibes when I didn't know what his vibes were. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for uh, the song that I thought he was singing, and I found one of those very uh, uh, ostentatiously made AZ quotes pages. <laughs> For Trent Reznor's quote here. Wow. It's just, it, it's just <laughs> Trent, Trent Reznor. Did you say that? <laughs> yeah, in, uh, in the song Heresy, he has lyrics that go, God is dead and no one cares. If there is a hell, I'll see you there. Very edgelord. And it's just him in a tuxedo with a fancy cursive name underneath <laughs> the words. That's yeah. going on Twitter. <laughs> so, I, didn't yeah. read, I didn't read Well of Ascension to watch Shadow the Hedgehog show up, okay? I, I st- <laughs> Put some respect on Shadow the Hedgehog's name. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. An inferior version of Shadow the Hedgehog, I should clarify. Oh. Can we wait? We got more to Vin to, with Orsor before we get to... That's get true. We don't even light need to bubbly dive into Zane. it. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, this is later that evening. Vin has some some thinking to do on she says you know of course the watcher was uh was one of of straff's group that would make total sense but uh she thought there was like some kind of connection there when they were fighting or or sparring i guess uh and kind of wants that to happen again Uh, we get uh, another choice or sir bit i think this is maybe his peak in this section of uh him seeing right through her her bullshit of we're just on patrol uh and and he says do you command me to believe you (laughs) sauce Mm -hmm. i love him Uh, but orser points out that uh, vin has not informed ellen of all the details so we will see how long that lasts hmm Uh, but at least for this current evening, Vin gets what she wanted, and Zane is here. And they do their, their elementic chase thing. And Beth, what letter's there? Yes. Oh, Sam, there's, they, they are start pushing against the same coin. Their separate ways nearly cancel each other out. And they shop up and back like the two arms of a V! <laughs> <laughs> I got my chair stuck. <laughs> trying to get out of it. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> the next time that, that Brandon comes around here for a signing, he's not doing the thing where you get to go up and get a, a book signed in person and ask him a question, but he is going to do a public Q&A, and I'm tempted to burn my question on asking what's up with the Vs. What's with the Vs? <laughs> you got to do it. you got to ask it. This wasn't even about the... Ta- this was a completely no. new thing. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't nothing about to do the with terrorist robes. <laughs> it, it feels like he lost a bet. Like, that's, that's what this feels <laughs> yeah. like at this point. You know what this is? This is a later <laughs> edition. They had time to edit this right. out. 
you know what this is this is when your essay is too short and so you go change all of the periods to 12.5 size font to make it longer without looking wrong. I like that this is like the most contentious point that we have here. You you mentioned when Brandon comes around here and I legit thought you meant like next time he shows up in the podcast, we'll make sure to ask him. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Brandon. Yeah, he's uh, Brandon. It's not like he's not like he's busy or anything. Yeah. Oh, God. I love the Vs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but actually, like, for those who are, are fans of these books and have not gone to see one of his signings, I highly recommend it. They are a great time. Uh, and it's it's a real shame that he can't do the, the full signing line anymore because what he used to do uh, was he would do... He would usually do a, a little bit of a, a kind of lecture. He's, you know, he's... He, he does teach college courses, and he said, if you give me a microphone, I will lecture. Uh, <laughs> and then he would do a reading from something that was upcoming or or something that he'd written before, uh, and then do a, a public Q&A, which is all the kind of, you know, like, where do you get your ideas type of questions. Uh, and then he would sign everyone's book. You you could, if you bought a book, you could get in line and and go get it signed. And while you were there having your book signed, you could ask him anything. Uh, and he would either just straight up answer it, and that's where a lot of the the kind of background details we get come from, or he would give you a physical Rafo card uh, to say you have you have asked the right question at the wrong time. So congrats on that. Uh, but he has to stop doing those because his signings would start like the the main Q and A section would start at like seven p.m. and the signing line would run till like one thirty in the morning. Oh, good lord. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we resume our our alimentic sparring here. Discord notification sound. <laughs> well, that's just me posting the Rafo card. Yes. Or a Rafo card. Uh, a Rafo card. There's no. I think that is the design. I I do have one. I can't find it, and that bugs me. And I need Aww. to find it because I I did get one during a uh, during a signing. This is the real card, including the bottom right corner, which has a small gray box, which contains the words <laughs> Tor logo. Uh-huh. It's, that's, it's a really cool logo. That's true. I love it. It actually is a nice looking logo. It's on the bottom of the spine of the book. Yeah, it is cool. Anyway, back to this, this element. Anyway, sparring. they're fighting. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and as, as Vin realizes, this is, this becomes like an actual game where it's they're playing the floor is lava is what they're doing yeah <laughs> that's what i wrote they're playing the floor is lava that's his game yeah apparently why doesn't vin get to pick the game yeah it's just rude <laughs> share i will also say at, at this point there was there was the skeevy uh the beautiful mistborn comment but aside from that like Zane hadn't like completely like there weren't a ton of red flags, but just as if to make sure I did not give him any extra favor, I also felt like this fight kind of goes on for a while, doesn't it? <laughs> it's yeah, it it just it felt like it was a lot of pushing and pulling coins, then pushing those coins and pushing more coins out of the way, and then pulling more coins. Um, and I yeah, I just didn't really, I wasn't sure 
where it was going. I did actually predict the coins in the mouth thing, though, and I actually do think that's a pretty fun gimmick. I will give him that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. When they mentioned a couple of times, oh, I didn't realize he still had a coin left, or wait, where did that coin come from? I was like, oh, he's got to... He, he ate them. Um, and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the moments where Vin... Um is like between two walls so pushes a coin out to either side and like holds herself there with the pressure i like that little moment that was cool and at that moment she would have been uh in the middle of an upside down v so that's pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah brother so yeah they uh this fight it does kind of go on uh and we see as sam put it zane real good with coin wow wow real good but i mean that is kind of significant because we we learned uh last book right when vin did that kelsier was very very good with iron and steel in particular and he was the one who personally trained vin in those aspects and we saw her do some very impressive things with with iron and steel Uh, but zane seems to outmatch her here some of which is the, the the tricks that he pulls. Like we mentioned, he has one extra coin hiding in his mouth, so it could not be allomantrically seen. Uh, but he's also just uh, very, very precise, very uh, talented with his pushes and pulls. And then you also get moments where he like grabs onto her and they're in a weird oh, yeah. like embrace falling through the air. And then it mentions that Vin has to ch- touch his chest to get him off. And I'm just like, don't, don't, don't. Don't do, don't do this. <laughs> he twisted like a skilled acrobat on a pole. All of his muscles, all of them, were taut. Like, okay, girl, calm down. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do this. <laughs> he was yeah. tall, impressive, like Kelsier. <laughs> tugging at the collar. <laughs> so as we we wrap the chapter up with their uh, the end of their their competition they actually talk to each other uh, for the first time i think other than the weird falling moment earlier uh and zane has some thoughts on the state of the world uh namely that uh, we live in a society pretty much honestly like i could go through it all but yeah like who was it who sam you compared someone to not to the Joker, but to someone who thinks they are the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> who was that? Oh, I don't know, but it's Zane. It's yeah, Zane like, now. I don't it's think Zane it was even before, more than whoever it was. But it's was. Zane now, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do they understand you, Vin? Can they understand you? And can a man love something he doesn't understand? Yeah, how long did you take thinking of that one in the shower, buddy? He was, he wrote that down on his hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can they uh, understand you? No, sorry, it's smudged from when we were. <laughs> so yeah, we will. Uh, we'll have to see what what comes of this. Uh, she had to keep sparring with Zane. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm sorry, Vin. Oh. You really. You really don't. You really don't. You really don't. <laughs> and it's... I. I don't want to look too far ahead, uh, but this is like. The the Vin and Zane back and forth is a thing that annoys some people, and I think it's I think it's one of those where, like, a character doing something wrong is not a plot hole, and 
like a character having a bad read on another character's emotions or or persona like it it sometimes like it's going to be painful to read at sometimes but it also is just like that's the the character that we have and that Vin has a to deal with. Person, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I I fully understand that, and it's the very it's a very similar vibe to when we first met Ellen, who I will clarify once again has grown on me considerably. But in terms of meeting them and becoming a potential romantic interest, these Venture Boys really bat no for two right now. Mm-hmm. So let us uh, real quick look at our our chapter eighteen epigraph, uh, where Quan is thinking about the the coming of the deepness and how uh, if there are prophecies about a fabled hero and this horrendous evil shows up, then the prophecies are going to seem a lot more convincing. And now we've, we've been kind of talking ahead about it somewhat because it is hard to unknow when you've gotten to this chapter. Uh, mm-hmm. We get a Zane POV and there are some things going on here. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Starting with, kill him, God whispered. Kill him. I I will say, out of context, I think that's a really strong start to a chapter. Oh, it sure is. Oh, I yeah. saw that and I was like, oh, I take it all back. Zane is fascinating. I can't wait to find out more. And then, like, watching a train wreck in slow motion, uh, <laughs> every single aspect of both this opening line and pretty much everything else about Zane just got more and more like, oh, okay. Yeah. This whole chapter, I mean, even like what Straff does is just, but he, I'm, I'm with Caleb here. Like oh, kill him. God whispered like that is like, uh, all right. You know, Let's there's a level of going. edge you can have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a level of edge you can have and I can hang with that. But, but then it just, it just keeps going down. Yeah. It just keeps going. But the thing that we, uh, we rapidly learn is that uh, Zane is Ellen's brother. Which would explain, uh, there was a a moment, uh, how many episodes ago was this? Uh, This was the end of part one. Two? Yeah, episode two. uh, When the first time that Vin got a a good look at the Watcher and thought that she kind of recognized him. uh, And Caleb, your guess was was that it was Reen because because of a brother. (laughs) Yeah, y- yeah, you got the word mm-hmm. brother right. I'll yeah. give you that. Yes, sure did. Here's my question: How does Vin find him familiar? But Ellen's like, okay, man, nice to meet you. <laughs> it's because Ellen is a colossal idiot in like three quarters of things that he does. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Yes, I just there's there's just so there's so much, and I don't I don't I just don't it doesn't it doesn't click. I don't. So Zane apparently is like at this point appears to be Straff's almost second in command. Like all the Straff sol- the Venture soldiers are like, "Oh man, Zane, we got to do what Zane says." And if this is the case, how has Ellen never heard of this guy? Why would Straff decide, "All right, now is the time to have my my secret second son be my right-hand man that presumably is coming out of nowhere and no one knows who he is?" Um I there's just, I just don't there it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> good, good. Let the madness flow through you. <laughs> Sam has decided uh, to become Emperor Palpatine over here, <laughs> real quick. Speaking of Emperor Palpatine saying, "Kill him." 
Yeah. We get kill him. Palpatine whispered. Yeah, kill him. God whispered is great. But then it's I feel very similar to this as I do to uh, the antagonist in the newest season of Stranger Things, which is like spooky vibes, cool powers. There's some cool stuff happening. But every single damn time he opens his mouth, it's just the lamest thing in the world. And I don't find him scary at all. And it's the it's the moment when it's like, kill him, God said. He's really not that important. And it's like, okay, no, I don't need quote unquote God to be a peanut gallery. All right. It, it was, it was cool when it was just kill him. It was just an impulse. But the fact that it's offering commentary on every person that Zane comes across, it's just so, it, it's just silly to me. Oh my God. Now I'm just picturing this voice, like a, a guy talking into a mi- microphone with uh, his feet, like propped up on an on an end table eating like eating popcorn like, like it's not like a him. dramatic voice at all yeah it's just like a guy <laughs> chatting there's just a guy and zane has an earpiece in and and the guy's just like i uh, so, yeah go, kill this guy kill, no, yeah yeah do that yeah it's not important it's one of my favorite radio stations has they all have, always have segments of going wireless where one person goes out with an earpiece where they can hear the rest of the host uh, but then they have a wireless microphone and they just go out on the street talking to people and the other hosts are always egging him on like, oh, ask that person this weird question and like just making the situation worse. And that's what I get from this is is Zane is just on the wireless and the god is is trying to egg him on to do weird stuff. Mm. Mm. So it's impractical jokers, the <laughs> the the but siege. Like, the the grim version. Yeah. <laughs> Zane Zane actually has no opinions on Vin at all, but God's like, tell her she's beautiful. She'll love that. And Zane's like, Be- beautiful this morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh we were dunking on Zane. <laughs> yes. So let's let's keep yeah. dunking on Zane as we uh... Yeah, we're this will continue for the next ten minutes at least. Yes. Uh so Zane uh Zane returns to the camp. Uh God repeatedly says, kill him about every single person that Zane passes. Uh, which is not a good vibe. Um, but God might just sound like some random schmuck with a, a microphone, so somewhat <laughs> less less intense then. And uh, uh, Zane demands a, a meeting with Straff Venture, even though it's stupid o'clock at night. And uh, that happens. One thing that we, we did learn right before Zane left the city uh, is he retrieved some information from his spy. So that's a a, a problem for the, the Luthadel troops. <laughs> we we get the inner thought, every single inner thought Zane has, except for who the spy is impersonating. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that detail, yeah, it's not so important right now. But yeah, Zane continues to be weird and edgy and violent to these guards. And uh, it, like... Now that you've planted this thought of of God just sounding really dumb, these scenes have less impact. But I do I do like the the meeting between Zane and Straff, where uh, Zane just marches into the tent. You're late, Straff said. Kill him, God said. Like there's yeah. a lot going on here. <laughs> I also wish that the line he found insanity no excuse, however, for irrational behavior was thought by a character I liked more because I like that line. <laughs> yeah. So what else happens in this massive chapter of us just dunking on Zane? So I will mention for this chapter, uh, I did a little control F. Uh, I start seven of my lines of writing 
with the word oh. Uh, including, oh cool, Zane cuts himself to silence the voices. Oh cool, Straff makes a servant get a towel so he doesn't bleed on the rug. I guess we're doing this, huh? <laughs> yep. Italicize this. I guess we're doing this. But here's the thing. Look, Straff is a super scummy person, but... Again, I double down on he is a villain that I love to hate. And oh, I yeah. love the detail of get a towel, not because I want you to stop bleeding, but because I don't want you to get on the rug. Like, I actually really love that detail. Um, and seeing these two villainous characters next to each other, it, it just, as by point of comparison, I, I, I like reading about Straff even more because it means I'm not reading about Zane whenever I'm reading about Straff. <laughs> we do see Straff's read on the the kind of political situation. Uh, he doesn't even believe that Vin and the Rebellion killed the Lord Ruler uh, because his read is if Vin really killed the Lord Ruler, then she's the most powerful person in probably the entire Empire. And if that's the case, then there is no way that she would really be willingly be working with my son Ellen and letting him be in charge. There's no way Ellen could have pulled her. Yet another reason I like Straff. <laughs> Literally does not believe about the Lord Ruler thing specifically because that would make her out of Ellen's league. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's all because Straff is, uh, to quote my uh, professor, a, a psychopath. <laughs> Excuse. I don't know why. Uh, he, we're learning about fraudsters, and every time he he talks about like red flags, he's like, and of course he's a psychopath. I'm like, that that would drive me nuts. It's psychopath or it's sociopath. It's not both. And you are one of these people because you committed tax fraud. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? Sociopathy doesn't have, like, the violent tendencies. It just has, I don't give a shit about anybody else. And everybody yeah. does everything for political purposes, and so do I, and what's the big deal? Ergo tax fraud. Ergo tax fraud. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Um, and that's that's Straff's viewpoint, is like, hey, I, you know, how, how would the most powerful person in the world like Ellen? Ellen's a, a dunce, and dunces aren't useful. Right. It's, yeah, so it kind of makes sense. I mean, it's it's a shitty way to be. That does lead into another thought I had, which is, if, if Zane is really powerful and appears to be loyal to an extent, obviously later in the scene we find out it's not quite as simple as that, but he is actively working for Straff and helping Straff. Um, why the fuck would Straff even keep Ellen around? Why not just be nice to Zane, groom him to be your heir? You don't even have to make the Mistborn thing public. You can make it be like a Shan Alariel situation where everyone knows he's a Misting, but the Mistborn thing is kept secret. I, I just don't... I don't get what Straff's plan was with Zane. So I don't know the exact you know, political and family structure of the Final Empire... They do mention at some point in here, it's, it's breezed past real quick, that uh, Zane is a bastard. And so yep. maybe that's enough that he wouldn't actually be able to inherit the title. But maybe Straff could just kind of bowl that over if he wanted to. Or, or like pass Zane off as a, as a full son. I don't know. Yeah. 
I, I yeah, I just feel like there's Straff hates Ellen so much mm-hmm. that it just feels strange to me that he would have a very powerful mistborn son who does appear to be to an extent loyal and just be like, nah, fuck him, I'll stay with Ellen. Like that, that just does not check out for me. So going on from here, uh, we get perhaps the weirdest and most messed up princess bride wine in front of me puzzle where uh t arrives for the two of them and straff uh believes that uh, zane has poisoned it and they have he, he straff tries to make a point about how much he knows and and you know oh so unoriginal for trying birchbane uh the 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 serving girl who delivered the tea is just unceremoniously killed right there because these people are fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very strange. Yeah, can yeah, I, okay, so... There... <laughs> you, you, go, you go, you go, you go. No, no, you go. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Normally I cut those, um, but I'm keeping all this. <laughs> Good. Two two things in rapid succession that I hate. Um, the first, he Zane Zane is thinking about Vin. She is coming to trust me. There's something else about her. She's like me. Perhaps she could understand me. Perhaps she could save me. Fuck all the way off. <laughs> I hate that trope so so much. It's not her job to save you. Go to therapy. <laughs> Go to therapy, Zane. It is, it is excusable to have I can fix him. It is inexcusable to have she can fix me. Exactly. It has to be the woman's choice if you're her project. <laughs> um, and then the serving girl shows up with the tea. Long braid, firm chest, homely yeah. features? Yeah, that was... What? I don't know what was happening there. No, I didn't yeah. like that. No. No, it's not great. I I no. also am just if, if there's if there's more there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot in these like three pages. <laughs> my my final little thought is like if that was from Straff's POV I would get it because he's just the worst and of course he would look at the serving girl and clock her tits first. But like Zane, come on, you were batting zero and now you're batting negative. Tag team Caleb, what do you got? Zane is also the worst, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> I I also, just the very setup of the scene of uh, Strap is like, ah, uh, I, don't, I don't get what's happening here. <laughs> Zane is like, I'll take some tea. The girl, the serving girl comes up. She serves them both tea. Then Zane has his his creepy observations as if he's seeing her for the first time. And then Strap goes, ah, Zane, you've tried to poison me. And then has the girl killed. And then we find out Zane has talked to the girl before. But it's not even Zane was the one who set up the poison. It's literally just, oh, she said that she wanted to kill him. And I just gave her the, I just said, like, thumbs up. Like, this is the good timing. That's not... Uh, that 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 then Zane isn't the one who did it. No, yeah. I told her it probably wouldn't work. It's even it's not even that. <laughs> Where how is how how is Zane connected to the fact that there was poison in the tea? I don't understand what actually happened. We will have to try to untangle this very strange web. 
Straff just said, ah, Zane, you're the one who, who's, you, you, you're trying to poison me. And then I guess he was wrong. He was just right that he was being poisoned. He just guessed wrong as to who set it up. But then he has the girl killed. Yeah. So I don't, it's, it, this is just a, it's, it's such a bizarre scene. And then it gets even weirder. It does. It sure <laughs> because does. Because he drinks the tea. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, we know he's a tin eye, but maybe this is a sign that he's a secret mistborn, and maybe Pewter helps you resist poison. Nope, he did that as a power move, and he then sure waited for Zane to leave, and then was like, oh god, I need the antidote right now. It's like, <laughs> what, what, what are you people doing? Yeah, this is like, this feels like the kind of thing where Straff and Zane have just like, repeatedly escalated each other's fucked upness where none of this would be necessary if they were interacting with rational people on the other side <laughs> for either of them but the two of them together have just like put this absolutely bizarre series of events together what, what it feels <laughs> like is they're both playing poker and each of them keeps doing something that the other one is like is that I, that feels like it's against the rules to me. Oh, well, maybe it's just a different variant on the game and I just don't recognize it, so I'll play along for now. When in fact, they are just playing two completely different kinds <laughs> of poker and they don't even know it. Yeah, it's it's very weird. Uh, one other thing that I, I think is actually interesting and not quite as fucked up, though still kind of fucked up, that we, we pass over, <laughs> uh, is that Straff has control over the uh the venture army atm supply naturally as the one in charge and is straff thinks that atm is addictive or or something like that and so is trying to control zane by like slowly doling out atm to him and zane like says outright in his his inner thoughts he's like it doesn't work like that at all but it helps me that he thinks it does yeah um, and then we also get another piece of information that actually is in, uh, uh, interesting, um, which is, uh, and this might not end up being that important, but Straff specifically says, how do you get any news from your spy? Um, implying that the spy is more tied to Zane than it is to Straff, mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, it's just interesting phrasing. Um, and I, we kind of assumed that it was... I, I think Sam and I were both guessing that it was going to be, uh, I forget the name, but we've already been introduced to the Venture Chandra at one point. Uh, um, Venture Chandra is Ten Soon, uh, and that yes. was Sam's recorded guess. Yes, yeah. and I, I think I was, yeah, Sam got to it first, but I am on board with that theory as well. Although this kind yep. of plays with that a little bit. And then I also think Ten Soon was used she, her pronouns in Final Empire, I think. Um, I don't, I, so I know the answer. I don't remember if it was revealed in Final Empire. Let me control okay. F real quick. Hold, just, yeah, just so control that I can, F. yeah. Um, um, in either case, I will just go ahead and, uh, uh, go forward with that thought. Uh, they do use he to refer to the spy, um, which could either mean it's not ten soon if I'm right about, uh, what I just said, or it could mean that, uh, Contra just use the pronouns of whoever they're currently impersonating, in which case that doesn't really narrow down the list at all because they're all male characters in the book. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, that's not so useful. How do I 
fucking this happens every time i try to open an ebook <laughs> on the google books web platform and it's so unintuitive there we go okay go all the way back to final empire control, control f, f for she. 10 soon <laughs> 10 soon the venture chondra the creature's most recent body it bowed <laughs> okay yeah, i was gonna say uh, yes the, the only mention of Tensoon in final empire uh is ellen just catching a quick glimpse uh and there is no gendered pronoun mentioned at all does it describe the body at least that wouldn't be helpful for what i was talking about but uh, i think it was a female servant using person uh right? the the or creature's did. most recent body was a servant in the hasting household uh ellen shivered at it noticed him it bowed then retreated yeah no uh all right details there (laughs) yeah so so um like caleb mentioned straff takes this poisoned tea drinks it as a power move and then as soon as zane leaves like loses his mind in panic and tries to drink an antidote uh which i'm gonna give him some credit for i think that's awesome (laughs) Like, it's, it's fucked up that this relationship has gotten to that point, but, like, what a move. It is awesome. It is also hilarious to me. Yes. That's, this is just so beyond insane that it's 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 wild. Yes. And then we also, the, the following conversation implies he does this a lot. Because yes. Because then it's like, Birchbane and maybe something else, and then Amaranta is like, oh, so just like a, a, a general antidote. And he's like, yeah, just put them all in. I, I'll mm-hmm. just be safe. The usual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The usual vile cup of weird glop that is like super <laughs> gross, but is keeping him from dying. Because apparently this does happen all the time. Give me your strongest potion, Amaranta. God. <laughs> when I was editing the the episode where we talked about the potion seller, I went and watched an interview that he did talking about the creation of that video, and it was actually really cool. Like, he seems like a he, a, wow. a cool a cool guy. <laughs> I just assumed yeah. that thing existed in a void and was never addressed by the creator yeah. again. No, he. Uh, He's apparently a playwright, and he he was he acknowledged that this sounded incredibly pretentious, uh, but compared the weird video filters uh, to doing mask performances where you just put on different masks and play a bunch of different characters, and that makes sense to me. he said it was it was a a good way to like instantly get into a character and just start improving. So, yeah, shout-outs to, I've got his name right here, Justin Kritzies, the potion seller. Good old Phylon. What a dick. <laughs> what a dick. Okay. Uh, so as our uh, final our final epigraph of this segment is, this is definitely in peak get-to-the-point, Quan. This was in my notes where I actually typed out, okay, these epigraphs are getting tedious. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hope that our next, uh, our next segment kind of picks up the pace a bit with those. Uh, but I can overlook that because we're going back to Sazed and we get to find out what he's Sazed. up to. And it is, uh, it's quite a, uh, quite a discovery. So it starts with him having uh, burned through five months worth of ferrochemical speed in... A couple of days uh, yeah six days that he has basically just been 
see i don't even like pewter dragging is just like when when vin and kelsier did their pewter drag that was just like a sprint i'm wondering if ferrochemical speed just like makes your limbs move faster yeah i I feel like it turns into like straight up the flash at this point right (laughs) yeah this is just like his walk cycle has been sped up exactly (laughs) yeah furukabe's weird it requires that you speed walk but you can do it at like 20 miles an hour it's pretty impressive (laughs) so yeah this this took him five months of every fifth day like moving in slow motion and now he's used it all up in in six days of just the, the most absurd power walk you've ever seen. <laughs> and yeah, I'll give Sazed credit. He is not the kind of uh, uh, video game player who falls victim to, but what if I need it later? He is very willing to go, <laughs> all right, expendable resources, I'm using them now. I need them now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have a detail that gave me some pause. Oh. He mentions he'd passed Fall East and Tyrion, two of the northern Ashmounts, and he's headed to Luthadel, correct? Uh, they are two of the southern Ashmounts. Yeah, but the book says it's two of the northern Ashmounts, first off. Uh, I am looking at the word southern. Okay, well, I'm I must have gotten... i looking at the word northern. I think it's... I think... I, okay, so they addressed it in different editions, probably, then, which is nice. Um, uh, are you at the top of page 220? Sure am. Yeah. He passed Felist and Doriel, two uh, of the southern Two of the Ash northern Ashmounts. Northern Ashmounts. I have southern too. Oh Wait, my god, what? two and two. Wait, <laughs> that's I have southern. You, wild. How do you have southern? Because Justin, you're on. Are you on ebook or are you on physical book? No, I'm looking. Oh, I do have the ebook up. Let me. I I don't know if they update the ebooks though. Like, are those even definitive? I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> Also, I'm what are the pictures of your book? What are the two Ashmounts? Caleb, say them again. Uh, it is Fall East and Tyrion. Fall East and Doriel. Oh yeah, my God! Fall okay, East this might fix my problem. What this is might happening? fix my problem then, because no wonder they fixed it because it was to it was to it was to uh, 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 cater to nerds like me who went back to the book and looked at the map. And if he's headed to Luthadel, there's no way he would pass both Fall East and Tyrion because those two aren't on the same pathway. It doesn't make any sense with the map we've been given. So honestly, I'm really happy that some additions fixed it because I was getting really annoyed because it doesn't make any sense for him to be coming from the from the from the two northern Ashmounts, Tyrion and Fall East. It would make no sense for him to pass those two to get to Luthadel, and I was I got really salty about that. And then they also changed, my next line is, Tyrion was still just barely visible to the south, but Sam, it looks like yours is, Felice was just barely visible mm-hmm. to the south. You want to make yeah. this even worse? The ebook says a third thing that is a mix of the other two. No! no! <laughs> it says, it says Feliste and Doriel, which are the two that are actually what? next to each other. But it Brandon! says that they're two of the northern Ashmounts. Brandon! <laughs> Tell us your secrets! What secrets what? do you hide? This is actually, I, I actually know on, this would be um, Peter and or Karen Alstrom. Um, Peter is, I don't remember what his job is. Um, he's not Brandon's assistant. I think Peter Alstrom is in charge of like the publishing type stuff. Whenever people find typos and whatnot, um, if they mention them on any of the Sanderson subreddits, he responds. Um 
and then Karen Alstrom is the the keeper of continuity. Um, which I'm guessing this was actually before she started doing that, because at this point, when when he's talking about like travel distances and relative times and whatnot, he'll just leave a little note or a little blank, and then they <laughs> will get filled in after the fact so that everything lines <laughs> up correctly. That's pretty fun. Um, okay, I think the ebook has it most logically correct. Coming from the south and passing Fall East and Doriel does make sense. Uh, that's what um, the ebook says Fall East and Doriel, but then calls them Northern. The, okay, so the, never mind. It's, it's your the printed one that, that Sam and I have. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the best one. That's I will consider that canon, <laughs> which is vitally important. I. It, it got it got me up in a twist, so it is important to me. <laughs> I'm actually going to extend our tangents. We're making good enough time. I can extend more tangents. Um, there was a really interesting article that I read about um, different types of fandom. Uh, I believe what they called them, this is either the terms they used or the terms that I've used since then. Um, analytic fandom and transformative fandom where analytic fandom is taking a, a work and uh, drawing up charts, making wikis, doing that sort of thing uh, of, you know, cataloging and, and analyzing what the, the author or the artist presents to us. Uh, and transformative fandom is, uh, doing fan art and fanfic and you know, writing what-if scenarios and, and that kind of thing where it, it, ex it starts with what is presented to you and then extends beyond that. Uh, and it was, an, it was an interesting article about how certain pieces of media tend to skew towards one or the other and that also the two types of fandoms tend to have a gender skew to them. Which I just, I thought was a really interesting article. Who would ever make a wiki of a piece of thing that they're invested in? <laughs> Certainly mm -hmm. wouldn't wouldn't be me. Also, who would mm -hmm. write fan fiction about the same piece of media that they just write on their who own without they? other who would do that, people's Caleb? input? <laughs> that's who, that's, who that's, that's really that, that's I don't know, I don't know what they're talking about there. Anyways, the book. I'm just again reminded of this article. This is analytic fandom at its peak. Oh yeah, the the extensive Adventure Time Wikipedia article or Adventure Time Wiki article on the song Bacon Pancakes, which is four lines of which half of the words are bacon pancakes. And it includes every version of the song, the chords for the song, uh, the fact that the song was once performed in a different key, and a link to an extended version of the song on Spotify. Perfect. And it's an award-winning article. Love it. But yes, back to our, our final chapter here. Uh, once we have determined which Ashmounts says it has actually passed. <laughs> that is something that I did not write in my notes at all because it was right. And I'm glad that <laughs> Caleb brought it up. 
because I would not have known that this was even a thing because I'm, I'm I, spoiled I had no in my idea. correctness. I, yeah, I had no idea clip. either. Cool. <laughs> roll the clip. I'm very invested in the maps, and so I'm going <laughs> to check the maps to make sure it's right, all right? Uh-huh. Caleb, noted map slut. Uh, but what Caesar has found, uh, we have completed what was promised on the back of the book. Caesar has found a third army. Uh, which he doesn't hey! actually know. He doesn't actually know is a third army because it's the first one he's run into. That's true. But it is an army, and that's already concerning, uh, especially when. <laughs> Dear God, what has Sam's note said? <laughs> Perfect. Knock knock. It's the third army. <laughs> Bill Wirtz is a treasure. Oh, I forgot to put that in book discussion. Anyway, carry on. Yes. Uh, and not only is it a uh, an army, it is an army of Kolos, which we now see for the first time on the page. <laughs> knock, knock. It's the Kolos. <laughs> Continues. I made I made both memes within thirty seconds of each other, but there you go. And now we get into Skadriel as Earth, except otherwise noted. And, and I guess this is otherwise fucking noted. Note. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, these humanoid figures, in that they are bipedal and have arms and whatnot, uh, are dark blue, range from 5 to 10 feet tall, and, yeah, are just, like, giant troll beasts. Yeah, um... I do, I appreciate, I think he does mention at some point specifically, um, yeah, their hearts could no longer support them. I appreciate that Brandon was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to the science for this. Um, I will say it's mostly, yeah, 5 to 10, and I think he mentions they can get as tall as 20. Um, they're very creepy and they're very spooky, but given all of our theories, this isn't quite as bad as I expected. I was thinking, like, whole, like, colossal titan from Attack on Titan problem. Right. And they're not they're just 100 like, feet tall. They're just pretty big guys. Um, <laughs> and then we find out that there's thousands of them, at which point I went, okay, that's actually going to be pretty bad, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do appreciate Sam's annotation that most die of big. I don't even know if it's most, because it seems like they'd be killing each other quite a bit. Yeah, um, yeah, they do. <laughs> they have two emotions, violence and indifference. Yeah, we also, when when Sazed gets a better look uh, with the aid of some, some ferrochemic tin, uh, it's it's creepy looking. The, the skin doesn't seem to quite be attached right. For the, the, the smaller ones, it's like weird and baggy and then the the big ones it's taut and like tearing which we get yeah. we get descriptions of their face as well and the closest thing i could think of was nemesis from resident evil of just like mm. humanoid but yeah the, that's another one where skin's not right the mouth looks funky um it's just kind of weird looking in general yeah I think I, I called my shot here with the Ologs uh, from Shadow of War. I'm going to stick with Ologs for my picture. But Nemesis, I think the skin does definitely fit for the Nemesis. Yeah. But yeah, aside from the blue, like that's not unreasonable of an image there. I think there are blue Ologs, though. 
Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, they are made from, like, Earth, and there's not much blue Earth, but... Not so much. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe in Skatrio there is. Ooh. Blue dirt. <laughs> just just uh, uh, a, a new chapter, and the first four words of it are, Skadriel has blue dirt. <laughs> Ashes fell from the sky and onto the blue dirt. Onto, onto the, the blue, blue dirt. dirt. <laughs> yup. Yup. Gonna say, though, we are going to get to uh, Stormlight, where at one point a character is baffled by the ground being covered in grass and it being green. Yeah. A character gets Even to touch he grass. Calls the grass stupid. <laughs> a character does in fact call the grass stupid. Yeah, that's fair. And not in like a I like I think this is bad sort of way, and like a this grass is not intelligent <laughs> way. Yep. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean she's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, a bit of a ways off, though. I can't wait to get the stormlight. Yeah. But first, uh, we have Olog yeah, Nemesis to But deal first, with. We, have, we have a predicament here. Uh, because Sazed is uh, kind of... He's not surrounded, but they are... There's a lot of these Kolos, and he is but one ferrochemist. Uh, and they... Uh, they tell him to to come down from his vantage point and come with them surprisingly chill i'm just like come down come mm -hmm. down now come down now they give come, the, come the down, tree please? a little shake please? please can you come with me please oh please never come entered come into please. it yeah that that's definitely not there uh then we get a specific detail where um uh now I can't find it, but I wrote it down in my notes. Uh, Say said, making his body light enough that he hit the ground softly. Brandon! Which one is it? Is he falling more slowly, or does he just hit the ground more softly? You have to pick one. Yeah. Uh, fair chemical iron is weird. Sure is. I'm not salty. No, not one bit. My eyes keep grazing over the word Coloss, and I see the KO and remember it's a fantasy book and immediately think of kobolds and they're like the opposite of kobolds these are not kobolds <laughs> and so army of thousands of kobolds would probably be fine yeah <laughs> you just kick them these guys these guys not quite I no, win. not quite so kickable uh yeah if we're talking about other fantasy I actually because we haven't we haven't mentioned uh, Mass Effect in a couple sessions, so I have to bring in. Uh, there's kind of a, a Krogan vibe to them mm -hmm. a little bit of just like they kind of enter into an angry rage, but then aside from that, they're way more chill than you would expect. No, I was I was going to mention the the Krogan um, when we were talking about how from from Sazed's studies of how the Kolos actually die, which some of them die of big, uh, but the others, as he notes, many of them die from fighting each other uh and i believe in the the mass effect codex it says that uh before they were uplifted the leading cause of krogan death was being killed by a predator on their home planet and after that the leading cause of death was being killed by another krogan in some sort of armed conflict i believe the specific thing is the uh, most common cause of death is by gunshot yes um, yeah, and then to top it all off, um, after Sezed spends a little bit of time with these guys, 
Um, there's a little bit of say, like, I don't remember exactly what he says, but it feels almost like he's like, man, maybe a genophage would be good for these guys. They're really not giving me good vibes. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a precarious position here. Because, yeah, right as he was thinking, maybe maybe it's all a bit of propaganda and the Coloss aren't actually that violent, one of them just goes berserk and just kills the one next to it. Perfect timing on his thoughts, honestly. Caesar mm-hmm. <laughs> asks the Coloss, what, what was that for? And the response is, I hated him. Well, <laughs> I respect fair, that. Fair <laughs> enough. Can't argue. Mm-hmm. So he is uh, trying to to make his way through this camp without getting pummeled by the, these coloss for no reason at all, and he gets to a uh, a tent, a human-looking regular old tent. Oh, and who's in the tent? Who's the, in the uh, tent, Sam. Who's in it? It's Jesse's Lacall. <laughs> it's Jesse's <Yay>! Lacall. <laughs> yes. If you recall my song, <laughs> Jesse's Lacall, what happened to y'all? Are you dead? No. Are you leading an army? Yes. Or are you just Statler You're and Waldorf? Form, Apparently but... not. <laughs> Your waveform for when you were yelling, <laughs> it's Jesse's Lacall, looks crazy. Jesse's Lacall. I I I had I had like a sinking feeling in my stomach of I I picked up on they they see Sezed's pack and Sezed's like I'm just a terrorist man you don't have to worry about that you should let me keep that and they go okay and then I'm, I'm like okay so these people have no idea who what, like what terrorist men are capable of so they're kind of incompetent I noted that down and then we scrolled <laughs> and we got confirmation that His Majesty it is another um, male contender. And so I was literally thinking to myself, okay, so who's left? There weren't, if, if it's someone else who was originally Muthadel and it's a noble, for a little while I was like, there's a chance it's Lady Cliss, but then we got confirmation that it's His Majesty. And then I was like, I'm just like narrowing down who it could possibly be. And it got to the point where I was like, oh my God, it's going to happen. And then I read the <laughs> rest of the page and oh my God, it's Jasty. The memes are real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when uh, just when we were going through predictions uh last episode uh beth described this as a buck wild called shot <laughs> <laughs> and and we also knew that it was going to be one episode before that paid off so that was yeah. <laughs> that was fun hell yeah for pitching wedge predictions baby <laughs> 100,000 podcast points for Sam. <laughs> That's what you call a chip-in. It, but it was like a blindfolded chip-in. Like, there was no <laughs> yeah. indication. Oh, so good. So, yeah, so we have the uh, the self-styled King Jassy's Lacall, uh, who Sazed uh, does know at least somewhat and has to kind of do that awkward, like, oh, I've heard of you um but yeah jesse's is is setting himself up as a a, a king here uh and says is a prisoner 
and uh yeah this is this just feels weird <laughs> but in in a fun way <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i kind of like them but i i i will say i'm not giving up on my ham thing but i will put even more money on man jasty's is just gonna die terribly like he's just so so far out of his element he doesn't stand a fucking chance um <laughs> yeah i i have more thoughts but we'll wait till later in the chapter yeah let's see what do we we get uh we get as, as sam puts it an exchange that goes something like jasty says saves it is now his servant saves it says nah jasty says okay never mind <laughs> pretty much <laughs> it's, it's pretty dead on and i love it it's i love season so much that he manages to embarrass a man who is demanding who has a fifty thousand strong ogre beast army and he's just like actually no thank you chastis yeah. <laughs> is just like yeah okay you're right that's funny oh, yeah, i'm sorry sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> Because <laughs> Jesse still is, he and Ellen are like are, are uh, fuckboy brethren in terms of their demeanors. <laughs> they're they're kind of the same, very similar. Except one is balding uh, prematurely, yeah. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and Ellen just got a fierce makeover, <laughs> which did involve cutting off a lot of hair, but presumably not so that it looks like he's balding. Mm. Probably parallels. Not. <laughs> Next chapter starts with Set getting his hair cut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember how long it's going to be before we actually see Set on the page. Are we ever going to see Set? There was part of me that was like, you know, this might be a character that's entirely off screen. I don't, th I, I imagine not, but like, they could do it if they wanted. Yeah, I'll spoil you on that one. We do actually see Set. All right. But uh, Jesse's does get one brief rhetorical point in this argument. Uh, when uh, he declares that he controls the Coloss armies and, and Sazed says they don't seem to be very in control. And, and Jesse's points out, they didn't kill you right away. So High bar. that's something. Yeah, well, he's got a point. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, already it seems like Jesse's is, he he's in over his head and he's not in a great place uh but he has decided that uh, because it takes either money or an army to get any respect or power well now he has an army and he's going to go take luthadel with it it's also an interesting scenario because we know ellen and justice are slash used to be friends right um and it feels like oh yeah this is kind of a golden opportunity for Ellen because now he does have someone he can actually maybe turn the city over to, over to. And Jastis is kind of such a weak ruler, as we can see from these three pages, that Ellen would still be able to make sure the kingdom is run the way he wants. The problem is the fact that Jastis uh, is here because of his 40,000 coloss, which is probably going to complicate things immensely. Yeah, that, yeah. that doesn't simplify any situation. Yeah. And then Sazed says, I'm leaving. Right. I was going to say, Sazed then continues his trend of just kind of saying what he wants and says, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go leave and go back to Luthadel now. <laughs> Do you want me to I'm take out. a message? 
Jastis goes, no, you won't. And Sisyphus says, yes, I will. And Jastis goes, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> That's on me. Also, I feel like this is another, much like Spook, this is another, re- this isn't Jastis to me. Yeah, clearly he's gone so- away and has become something. someone else. <laughs> something he's d- has he's done an adventure. He's yeah. snapped in some way. We didn't get a lot of Jastis in the first book, I will say. No, but he didn't seem this out of it. Yeah. I mean, he was the a... voice of reason. He was the guy who tried to convince Ellen that, no, the people wanted to kill you. No, she's a thief who's like, there's something going on here. And Ellen just wasn't having it. D- D- Detective Jastis was on the case, and now mm-hmm. he's just like this crazy guy we we got a couple of good moments from jasties towards the end of the chapter where we get little sundere jasties going tell him i don't even i don't care if he even knows but make sure to tell him i have exactly twenty thousand kilos like it's it's really important that you make sure he gets this exact detail mm-hmm. right um and we also get the moment of like i'll send guards with you and says it says do you really want to send guards away when there's a bunch of coloss out there and justice is like yeah that's fine which is, it's so adorable that he says he has 20,000 Coloss, and if that's true, and then he has, from the description we got, like, 30 normal guys. Right. He's like, yeah, they'll protect me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's few enough that even sending one of them is, says it's like, do you want to reduce your numbers by one? He says, no, I don't. But he's safe and sound from those those pesky coloss. It won't come back to bite him at all. Not even a little. It seems almost, and we don't, I'm not willing to call this, you know, a, a, another point or not yet. Because we haven't really seen the, the dynamic here, like one to one. But it seems almost like this is a probably won't happen would be interesting thing coming true. Because the third army is run by former best friend, Jastis. Yeah. So maybe it's on Ellen's side. Maybe. Maybe it. Can, maybe there can be some sort of negotiation that makes that so. Yeah, we will... We'll see if that can, uh, can break in a good direction, maybe. But yeah, that is that is where we wrap up the, the chapter and the section uh, with... Sazed just walking out of the camp, uh, heading off to Luthadel. He did hear Jassy's mention set or strath and has gone, oh no, what is going on over there? I need to go. And that is what we're going to have to figure out next section because that's, uh, that's where we wrap up. All right. Yeah, we, I think now, now we do have all of the pieces assembled. Now that we have the third army, like things definitely started happening, but we were still waiting on that. So now, now we have it. Now we're all good there. All the armies are out of the sleeves, <laughs> and we You're still have no fourth wrong. voice. Yeah, I was gonna say we have three armies, but that's only three voices. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it it turned out that that the third army was led by one of the voices, but it was yeah. not fourth voice. <laughs> All right, so I think we need to do some uh, some bookkeeping, and I can take some notes on where we stand 
on this reading. Uh, we've seen, uh, we've added a couple of characters to our casting, uh, including, uh, no, nobody, nobody was, uh, was gonna be so bold as to put a casting down for the Watcher yet, but now we do actually have, uh, oh no, we did have, yes, Sam had a mm. casting. Yes, I didn't see it, be- it. I didn't see it because I put Zane instead of the Watcher, but yes, we will get a chance to, uh, cast or recast, uh, and then we are also um, potentially adding a new Jastes. Uh, who else? We've also seen more of Straff in case anyone wants to. Yes, I think oh, I think, I, I think I'm we had down on my Straff. <laughs> uh, you had Straff as Michael Stolbarg. That's correct. And you are absolutely still going with it. Yeah, I think he could really knock that out of the park. He. Michael Stolbart's one of those guys who does kind of stays out of the spotlight. All of his characters are usually side characters um, who are just kind of not background, but they're never like main, main characters. Um, and they're usually not that villainous, um, but I feel like he could really do a really good job with that. All right. Uh, but we do have, uh, I think then, Sam, you will have a, a couple here to um, to note down if you want to go ahead and let me know those. Oh yeah. Uh so, um c- couple couple here. Uh I didn't cast uh for Amaranta because just put an extra there. She is like one line and I don't yet feel like she's going to come up again. Okay. Uh so I, you know, maybe maybe later. Maybe if she has more than one line. <laughs> but until then, we'll see. Uh so, uh I do have um uh, no longer Louis Marat de Richet from a video game as the person I picture as Ellen. <laughs> I forgot that was your actual casting. Yeah, because yeah, cause no one really fit very well for me. Uh, so for my Ellen, I'm going to go with uh, Evan Peters, he of uh, American Horror Story fame. Um, he's, uh, I don't know, fun young actor. And he got, he has the, like, the ability to put on the intimidation a bit, but also the ability to look like he's just goofing off, mm-hmm. which kind of Ellen at this, at this juncture of his life, at least. <laughs> Certainly at this point, if, if he is acting in an intimidating fashion, it will still seem a little bit like he is putting that on. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and then uh, two more. Uh, one of those is Zane. Uh, just, uh, I was trying to figure out like what what do I picture? Um, and you know what I picture? I picture Trent Reznor circa Downward Spiral. Okay. Like that's who yeah, I picture is maximum Zane. edge. Just all the edge in the world. Um, yeah. So. Trent Reznor, circa downward spiral. Um, it's exactly how I've notated it. All right. Uh, and then uh, Jastie's the call. Uh, no longer is uh, one of the mom jeans guys, because this is a different fucking person. Yeah. It's Jastie's the call, in circumstance, but not in character. So whatever. Um, uh, 
this whole scene, by the way, I, I don't know if this is so much a casting as it is like a blocking. It reminded me of like Ken Rosenberg's initial speech in GTA Vice City, where he's like freaking out about everything and like pacing back and forth in front of a desk. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can find a video of that after. But, uh, but yeah, so I pictured like the blocking like that, but the actual char- character. Just from the way it's described, I'm picturing like Riff Raff from Rocky Horror. <laughs> The the balding kind of like balding. Yeah. yeah unnaturally quickly <laughs> sort of thing getting little sleep so the bags under the eyes you know in way over his head but uh yeah I don't know maybe not in voice I I do like the I totally get what you mean about the the blocking casting like they're a they're a video game character who's not based on a real model so you can't really use them as a a a character reference but the um like the the animation and and kind of vibe that they put out i get what you mean there so those are my my three all right yeah and i think that uh i think that covers it for this section all right uh caleb you perhaps don't have as many recasts but you did not have an original cast for zane so who who is edgy enough in your mind okay i'm gonna take an interesting with this yeah i will say just to double down since we're being reintroduced to characters yeah i have michael stilbark as straff and then i have um uh matthew jones i believe is the character's name uh as jasty uh the actor's name my mistake yes um as jasty's the call uh, I'll stick with that. I think I think he's he's a pretty fun kind of uh, he brings a fun energy to his roles, and I think he'd he'd be fun in that role. Um, so yeah, here's the thing: we could we could go all out on the edge and just make Zane as cringy as possible, or alternatively, we could give him a fighting chance and make him as bearable as we possibly can given the script, and that's the route I kind of took. Okay. Um, so I went with Aaron Dominguez as Zane, who plays Oscar in Only Murders in the Building. I don't know anything else he's been in, but he's very likable in that role. And I like him a lot. And he's a very good performer. And he's, yeah, I'm, I just, I, I'm going to cast someone I like in that role and hope that they can bring something to it that will make it more bearable. <laughs> That's a viable strategy. Um, I also have an additional casting of the voice of God. Um, uh-huh. I am going to cast uh f murray abraham who has been in many things but the main reason i'm casting him is because he's also the voice of Konshu in moon knight and i think he did a very good job with that oh um, yes and i think he could do a good job just telling uh zane over and over to kill people um and and actually very similar vibe of like he is this god he is this very powerful being and he's often barking out commands but then he's also a little bit sassy and he also gives a little bit of side commentary um so i think that could be fun um, and then I may retract this casting a la Willem Dafoe if Amaranta ends up being nothing. Um, but assuming she does come back, uh, I have Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, uh, who was in Mad Max. And of course, who could forget Transformers Dark of the Moon? Um, and she was very good in Mad Max. And I'll, that's what I'll say. Um, so, uh, yeah, those are, those are all my uh, new castings for this section. All right. And every time I read about Zane, like I, I've mentioned repeatedly that Final Empire like flirts with being a YA novel and every Zane section, it just does a hard swerve into it in my brain because there's a different 
like full YA series called Uglies by Scott Westerfeld. It's actually very good. I do recommend it. But one of the inevitable members of the love triangle that the heroine must decide is the edge boy Zane. So my, my casting for Zane is whoever they eventually cast as Zane and the other thing when that movie gets made. I was going to say, like, even even the name Zane feels like he's the edgy one from a boy band. Like, it's really just all out. Yeah. It is kind of funny. They've kind of given up on the whole adapting YA dystopians, haven't they? Ever since Divergent shit the bed really hard, yes. I mean, they're still making the Hunger Games prequel, if that counts. That's true. I wish I wish it did not. I think I I want to say that an Uglies film series has been in development hell for a while, which makes me sad because it's it actually has like a different take on the sort of dystopian thing that I enjoy. But maybe it'll rise from the ashes and provide us with a Zane. Zane, we can all get behind finally. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, production finished in February twenty twenty two. Uh, and it oh. will be releasing exclusively on Netflix. Oh. They oh, don't hey. have a release date, but oh, no. it apparently at least has finished production. Well, that's fantastic news. It's fantastic. Finished in February and we haven't gotten a trailer yet is a little sketch, but fingers crossed that'll come out in the near future. It was also apparently jointly produced by a company called Anonymous Content, which sounds incredibly sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scott, why would you trust your books to this production team? Yeah, we we just make we make anonymous content. <laughs> it remains anonymous and never comes out. <laughs> Apparently. We've lost millions. <laughs> Alright. Uh I think that means it's time to uh work on interesting things that are coming up and uh we got some answers to some things right away uh but some of the big questions remain open the uh the mystery chandra still unknown and uh, perhaps some some new questions here this time around so uh, i know sam you usually have a a list of questions that you have put together do you have one for this section mm uh not really just predictions okay. just a list of predictions okay so oh uh okay so uh first off uh i didn't really go anywhere with this prediction but i wrote it down uh says has got a lot to tell the luthadelians uh obviously uh he's got to tell him about the deepness the conventicle the inquisitors the uh the new epigraph he's got to tell him about jasties and clock him for everybody like hey he's not as he was Mm -hmm. uh and about old jed jed and gel must tell them about old jed and old gel old jed the (laughs) the world will know his name yeah no sazed does seem to kind of have a uh a wealth of, of pretty important information that needs to join the group. Yeah. And and when joined with uh, Vin's personal knowledge of 
what's going on. Maybe she'll be like, hey, I'm the hero of ages. Oh, go to the well. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that at this point. Honestly, I think Hero of Ages is just a book title. Um, obviously, we'll get to that when we read Hero of Ages. Uh, for now, uh, she's probably just going to go to the well, along with a, a, a sundry of other folks who I think I named last time, although I don't remember off the top of my head who I said. Yes, you did have a uh, Vin sees it and Marsh was your grouping. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll go for that. And you know what? Just for just for the sake of it, why not? Uh, I'm just gonna drag in my favorite movie again uh, and say Spook's gonna go to good old Spook. Okay, if he's. If he's still in town, I don't. I don't even remember if he's still in town. I, st- I still don't really care about Spook, but I like him more as a character now. Now that he's a, a person and not an urchin, a, a quiet little weirdo. Implying <laughs> urchins are not people. That's right. It's on the record. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, all right. Um, anyway, moving swiftly on. Uh, Ellen. We'll hear about Jasty's being there from Sazed, who's going to Luthadel to tell everybody about everything. Um, and maybe hope his old friend is still his old friend. Um, he might not believe Sazed when he talks about how deranged Jasty seems to be now. And uh, it definitely behooves him to hold the armies off for a week until Jasty's arrives. Um, or does it? Because that's a question. Um I'm going to say it does. I'm going to say it's a good idea for him to hold him off uh, till Jastis arrives. Um, because the alternative is, like, uh, he, he strikes a deal with one of them, and then Jastis comes and wipes everybody out or something like that. I don't know. Um, I'd say it's it's better for him to hold off until the Third Army arrives and complicates matters even more. So, there you go. Um, anyway, uh, Vin is going to keep trusting Zane. Unless, and I'm hoping he does here, unless Reen can poke his head in again, give his advice when it's needed. Yeah, that actually would be a a good time for Vin to to think about how everyone will betray her. Anyone will betray you, especially this fucking guy. What are you doing? Yeah, I like how for two completely separate reasons, Sam and I have both looked at the character of Zane slash the Watcher and went... Man, I hope Reen appears. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's needed. Yeah. Light the Reen signal. Um, so, uh, I doubt she's going to bata- ponder betrayal at any point, but I think the damage will be done if if, if Zane successfully introduces doubt into Vin, mm. which obviously he's, he's going for. I don't think she's buying it, really, but... Um, if he somehow finds a, a, a metaphorical, you know, mental grab point here and pulls, then, you know, bad things could happen. Um, anyway, uh, Docs is the imposter, uh, and he's very sus, so it's All Docs. Right. Uh, I think it's Docs because... Uh, um, you know, 
Dan Vogelbach's not a fast guy, <laughs> so he, he can't he can't uh, run around anywhere, and you can't expect him to go much past the uh, the keep, which is where uh, Zane is collecting the mm. um, notes from from under the cobblestone. That is where we saw that exchange took place. So I think Dox is is dead and imposterified. Um, he also doesn't have uh, Alamancy, so that would make the most sense for... It makes it significantly easier to hide then. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So everybody else, uh, you know, most other people have some sort of Alamancy that can be tested, but Docs doesn't. So I think he's the imposter. There you go. Um, and then the last uh, prediction here, and now that Finally, we know what the third army is. Uh, the Inquisitors left the conventicle because they're definitely going to the well. Um, I don't know how the crew of Luthadel is going to figure out that they're doing that or how they're going to piece together that they need to do that and head them off at the pass, but they need to. <laughs> they need to get off their duff right quick because, you know, if, if you and get... not uh, get beaten to the punch. Yeah, because if Carr's brother becomes the new, you know, god, it can only mean horrible things for an inquisitor to become god. Yeah, that's a so. that's a pretty strong lose scenario there. Yeah. So get off your duff, guys. Two, three armies. Who cares? Go go to a well. <laughs> go to a mythical well. This time it's my turn to to paste screenshots of notes. Uh, this is how I have notated some of your predictions. We have Vin, well. Spook, well as well. Well, 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 Inquisitors. With some little <laughs> arrows. It's true. I always do this. I always write notes like this, like at work, at my job. And I'm like, I'll know what that is. And then I'll open a notebook page. It'll be like soup beats or something i'm like what there's not soup in the play soup talk we are gonna talk about soup there's a great story i i just found it again uh of someone who was reading uh some uh computer code that they had written uh and were just utterly baffled by a variable that was just called feet and had no context for why it was called feet. Uh, it turns out that at one point they looked back through the history uh, that originally it was legend underscore handles, uh, which then got abbreviated as leg underscore hands, which then became <laughs> feet. feet. <laughs> he then concluded, sometimes I hate my past self. <laughs> I, I remember this perfectly now. One of my notes that I wrote, again, at my place of employment the other day was, birds? What's their deal? <laughs> <laughs> because I needed to remember how we were costuming the birds. <laughs> what is their <laughs> deal? Just, what's their deal? <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> okay. Uh, Caleb, do you want to try to 
tie this back to the book at all or just give us <laughs> uh, what you've been uh, been working explain on explain birds to me uh much like birds i think the deepness <laughs> poses a great threat to the people of the world <laughs> all right i'm sold the birds are like death spirits in my place so that works <laughs> Um, but, uh, yes, in terms of theories, um, uh, first I want to talk about, uh, the deepness. Um, we get a notation from Vin that it had ravaged the land, slaying thousands. The monster had sown chaos where it stepped, bringing destruction and fear, but the armies of mankind have been unable to defeat it. At this line, I thought to myself, is everyone overthinking this? And are the mists just the deepness or a form of the deepness or at the very least, the mists are hiding the deepness, and the mists are the deepness's territory. And whatever dangers it posed were held at bay by the Lord Ruler, but the mists themselves were allowed to stick around. Um, I don't remember how much discussion we get about the mist uh, from all of Elendi's notifications, aside from the one point where it talks about the creature looked like it was made out of mist. Um, I don't know if he actually mentioned there being a bunch of mist, and if that's the case, maybe the deepness and the mist are to an extent one and the same, or or very linked together. Um, so that is my my theory: is that now the Lord Ruler is dead, the mists are now dangerous, specifically because they are very directly tied to the deepness and may mm. in fact be the deepness? Question mark. Who knows? So the deepness existed. The Lord Ruler ascended and put them under control at least so that they were mysterious and and whatnot but not actually dangerous and now that he's gone that uh, that has been broken yeah which is pretty similar to how i've already been feeling about what was the lord ruler holding back um but now i'm, I'm thinking it's directly tied to the mist itself um i also just in general i don't know if we've ever said this out loud but i'm assuming now that the lord ruler is dead the powers of the Ascension are going to return to the well, and that's why it's really important to get back to the well. Um, just because I feel like that, given the title of the book and the fact that the well is probably going to be important and the Lord Ruler is dead, which means the the dangers are back, I just feel like that makes sense. I feel like the... the it's, it's like a capture the flag scenario where you kill the person in video games in real mm-hmm. capture the flag. You shouldn't the the timer people, has but, run out um, and the flag goes back to its stand. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, I have a not even probably won't happen, but uh, might not happen. Not putting a ton of money on it and wouldn't even be particularly interesting if, but I'm just going to say it. I um, think there's a chance Zane finds out about some of these myths and just decides that he is actually the hero of ages um i just feel like that's very in line with what he thinks about who he is i was thinking earlier he very much thinks he's the main character of the story um so it's not too far of a stretch that it would be like oh savior who's going to save everyone that's it me um so it would also line up with he has had a few comments mental or otherwise about admiring kelsier and his whole deal and <laughs> grabbing the nearest sort of deific title and foisting it upon yourself. It's a very Kelsier move that he would then like to pull. True, yeah. Um, and then my, you know, I'm sticking with all my earlier theories of 
just out of principle, I have to guess that Ham is the uh, Contra, um, and uh, I think Dachshund's still going to be with Herring. Um, and then um, I, I'll i put a couple of coins on Zane will kill Straff, just because we got a really big setup of that here. Um, so it feels like, given the setup we got, that feels like that's a pretty good chance that that's where that storyline ends up going. Especially because my Straff and the Inquisitors team up thing doesn't seem to be happening, but I will I will not completely get rid of that theory until we see the Inquisitors again. Like I said, I think some of them are going to the well. I agree with Sam on that, but I also thought some of them might be circling back to Luthadel. I will wait until we get confirmation that that is or isn't happening before I give up on any theories. But um, yeah, Straff will either be killed by Zane or the Inquisitors. I will put more money on one theory or the other as we go forward. Okay. Um, and then last one, uh, which is actually kind of a two-parter. Um, one, uh, Jastis loses control of his army at the most inconvenient moment possible. Um, and the Colossus go nuts. I'd say that's a, that's a, probably a pretty safe bet. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then to go along with it, I think it's kind of a separate theory, but it very much fits in the same vein. Jastis will be killed by the Colossus at the most inconvenient moment, uh, the most inconvenient moment possible. Okay. Uh, and that's all I've got. Anything from either of you on how Set will die, or if he will, given that we know nothing about him? Mm. He'll be killed if we're and stuffed into a can. Army leaders in our brain. <laughs> I think. I think, true to form, Set will die off screen. <laughs> set doesn't exist. Well, we see him before that. Yeah, Set's still theoretical. Set. Yeah. Uh, all right um one more question for the both of you is wondering if there was going to be a prediction yet or if it's uh too hard to know uh who's god Ooh, yeah what's up with that illness so is it is it just a zane thing or is there some sort of external force here okay I was 100% sold on it just being like schizophrenia until you asked the question. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly okay. where I'm at. I okay. didn't have a guess until you asked. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> uh, do you have a guess, Sam? Um, it's the Impractical Jokers. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's... I, I, I don't know. I, okay. I mean, I That's... don't think that we'd know any, like, allomantic powers that let you tap into somebody else's thoughts. Yeah, and, and perhaps who is the wrong question? Maybe I should have just asked what? Like, is I, is this just a Zane thing, or is there something bigger going on here? Um, Have we, have we gotten any confirmation of when Zane first started hearing the voice? Uh, I don't think he mentioned that. Okay, I'm just I'm just double double checking to read. Um, yeah, I don't think we get much info on that. Um, one side effect of his childhood was that it had apparently driven him mad, um, and then it, it's followed by God whispered. So, implication that it's been happening for a while, although not not direct confirmation. Um, so in my brain at first I was like, could be Lord Ruler, um, as some kind of ghost. Uh, uh, some some hidden ghost power that we haven't heard before. Um, that doesn't really check out uh, if he's been hearing the voice for a long time. 
so since you asked, and I feel like I should give a guess, I'm just going to say it's it's the deepness. The deepness is talking to him. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say that because uh, it's it's the only like supernatural force that we don't fully understand at the moment. So. Okay. Fair enough. We we know very little about it, and I was I was mostly just curious if either of you were going to start speculating as to if we are going to learn much more about it or if it's just Zane being Zane. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It, and like, if it is the deepness, then that would actually give an avenue for my other guess of the deepness starts being like, go get the powers, you'll be perfect, because the deepness wants to manipulate <laughs> who gets it, because the deepness doesn't want it to be the actual hero of ages. Right. Um, so that would actually be kind of interesting. Okay, so what if we haven't gotten much of Rashek's point of view? And part of me thinks, part of me wonders if Rashek's journal will actually be the uh, epigraphs in the third book. Um, but since we haven't gotten much from his point of view, there's a chance Rashek was also hearing voices. Um, so it could be that the deepness keeps picking people who he knows are not the actual hero of ages and going, hey, hey, good. Get, gain more power gain more power and then go get the power um because you won't be able to permanently defeat me and i'll be able to live longer if someone's going to get the ascension powers i'd rather it be you than the actual person who could defeat me permanently just keeps messing with these these prophecies yeah could be could be okay very uh interesting places that could go on like six different axes so we'll have to get more information on that one the pinned discord message in Justin and I's spoiler chat, which I won't even say what episode it was from. The pinned message is, he's not barking up the right tree, but he's in the right orchard. Now, I, I'm trying to read the conversation around here to figure out what we were <laughs> What was the tree actually and talking about? Question. <laughs> these are these notes again that just have no context. That, that wasn't, uh -huh. that couldn't have been about um zane being someone's brother right uh i think this was from last uh, no book. we had separate texts okay. about that which was i think oh, hold on I, I actually these were also funny <laughs> justin he's close but also totally wrong <laughs> yes and then beth saying he sure is a half brother <laughs> yeah Close but close but completely wrong is pretty much my entire contribution to this podcast. No. I mean, Caleb, you both had beautiful. some good hits. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, Caleb, you picked, predicted, like, a fair chunk of part five of, of Final Empire. Just yeah, yeah, spot on. I've just... I, I, I just need to fully admit that Sam is definitely beating me here after the Jastia's call. <laughs> Tis early yet. We'll see. Oh, that's a shame. I was... I know what day this chat was on, but I can't go back far enough in uh, our recordings online because it tells me when they were each recorded. So I'll have to I'll have to go by when I edited the episode. So we're getting we're getting far off the off the the rails yeah. here. We should probably <laughs> Every, just wrap this episode to... up, I think. 
No, I think the audience is loving us just silently scrolling through chats and recording logs. This is good content. We know oh, how yeah. to podcast. Yeah, and now it's now it's not even like when when we get Sam's notes, we we helpfully read those out because they're <laughs> they are just chats that we're scrolling through, but they're chats that at least all four of us can read. Now Beth and yeah. I are just reading this this channel that we can't even fully talk about yet. So this is not helpful at all. Yeah, Sam and I just got a vamp for 10 minutes. <laughs> Trying to figure out what we were talking about when I just sent the message. Oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing right next to it was you discussing... Oh, no, this is how I can find it out. Because you were discussing a casting for someone in a different book. Oh, yes. I was saying I would push that button Warbreaker. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. this was... <laughs> Got it. Cut all of this. this <laughs> no, it's all going in now. <laughs> in one of the episodes... I think it's the episode we... It's either the episode... No, it's the episode I finished editing but haven't released yet. Uh, I I cut an entire section except for the very end where one of us says, okay, we need to cut all of that. And then we just go right back to the discussion. So y'all just heard that a couple episodes ago and it was funny, right? You better have liked it because we're doing it again. Yeah. Right Tell us now. it was funny on social media. <laughs> if we didn't actually have to do social media calls, I would have just slammed the end of the episode right there. <laughs> but yes uh we do need to do the things because as silly as it seems it actually does help uh so we're gonna do the things uh these episodes will be going up on alwaysanotherpodcast.com and all of the general podcast hosting sites that you can find them at uh, which is how you're listening to this hopefully uh, you can Good contact job. us by email at contact at alwaysanotherpodcast.com and Beth and I take a look at those. And then we also have some fantastic content going up. Uh, thank you, Beth and Caleb, for what you have been creating there on Instagram, uh, where we are alwaysanotherpod, and Twitter, where we are at alwaysanotherpod. So you can find all sorts of things going on there mysteries about sizes of books uh lessons about bullying your co-hosts fun times oh boy you better believe i'm making another one about the Ashmount uh conversation that's that's gonna be oh good gonna be working on that one for a while <laughs> i i'm i'm really glad that we discovered that that was fantastic that was fun yeah <laughs> Wow, we're nerds. We're all like, wow, we found discrepancies in our books because Caleb looked at the maps and they didn't. Of course, I looked at the maps. Of course, I've got to look at the maps. <laughs>